The reading today is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. And this is the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would take us on a journey this morning, that we would explore with you what you are doing in the places where we spend our time and how you intend to use us there so that Jesus would be glorified and his kingdom would grow. Amen. Okay, well, as Tim said, today we have the first of our new sermon series, and it follows on seamlessly, we hope, from the last series. We were talking about um, Gideon loving God, living his adventure, and now we're talking about how we engage in that adventure, how we engage in the mission of God in our everyday lives, in the places that God has put us. And the series is based on two firm beliefs. The first one is this that God longs for us, his people, to grow as disciples of Jesus. And the second is this, that God um, wants us as our disciples, as his disciples, to be used for him seven days a week, wherever our lives take us. Most of us probably spend our week surrounded by um, people who don't know the joy of following Jesus and over the coming weeks we're going to talk a lot about front lines. Um, We may be young, we may be old, fit, infirm, rich, poor, employed, not employed, cutting edge, retro, whatever. Um, We're all very different but whoever we are we've got at least one thing in common. We each have a front line. Now, just so you know from the outset, <laughs> this is what a front line is. You'll need to know for the next six weeks. Your front line is the place where you spend much of your time. Your front line is the place where you meet people who don't know Jesus. Your front line is the place where God has called you. And your front line is a place of possibility and potential. Got that? Is that clear? Great. So, it's fitting then that we start um, this exploration by looking at the Great Commission in Matthew 28, and we'll do so under three headings, and these are they, the reality, the command, and the promise. Okay, the reality, it's this, Jesus is Lord. If you have that passage open in front of you, all authority belongs to Jesus. That is the reality The resurrection of Jesus is not only his victory over death, 
It is his ascension to the throne of heaven. Jesus has the full authority of the Godhead. He rules not just on earth, but in heaven as well. Why does Jesus spell out his authority at this particular moment? Well, I think we need to know that Jesus has power and authority because a lot of the time it doesn't look like that. In our lives, um, hard things happen. In our communities, things look difficult and people don't seem to have time for the Lord Jesus. We need to know if he's going to call us to something, that there is no individual beyond the reach of his power. There is nowhere that his authority cannot influence. Because when our vision of Jesus is right, when we know his authority, then obedience is much less scary than it otherwise was. We're obeying in his power and not our own. And because Jesus has authority, he has the right to call us and he will be faithful to what he asks of us. Which brings us to our second and our main point, the command. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. It's probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible. You know, it doesn't necessarily um, translate uh, exclusively as off you go to some far-flung corner and become a professional missionary. Great though that is, I'm not knocking that, that's brilliant. Um, And it's nice to have uh, Susie and Martin back from doing just that. Um, (laughs) um, But it's not exclusively saying take yourself out of your setting and go somewhere different. The form of the verb is very different. It's a passive form of the verb and it's literally translated as having gone. It kind of presents an event in summary, looking at it from the outside. So a better translation into contemporary English would be as you go. As you go about your life, disciple people. This is really important because if we read the verb as the active command that says, off you go and be a professional missionary, um, we get a little bit mixed up. I think there's a nasty pathology that can creep into our thinking as Christians. Um, It's what someone has called the sacred-secular divide. And in this mindset, only really, really holy people, like Susie and Martin, (laughs) become missionaries. (laughs) The really, really holy ones become missionaries. The moderately holy ones get ordained, although some of us do slip through the net anyway. (laughs) And um, the rest of you, who aren't much used to God, have to get a job. And even within that job hierarchy, of course, we have the doctors and the teachers and the nurses at the top and the bankers and the MPs and things right at the bottom. (laughs) But you know the picture. We have this mindset, don't we, that some things are more worthy than others. And this sacred-secular divide promotes a kind of leisure time Christianity, not a 24-7 whole-of-life Christianity. We get a Christianity in which evenings and Sundays belong to God, but nine to five, Monday to Saturday, belongs to the world. I even heard somebody say recently that if they didn't spend so much time at work, they could could devote more time to God. 
Here's the problem, you see. Life is not an orange. We don't have segments of our life that are important, such as um, prayer, church, ministry, and others which are not, such as friendships, work, rest time. Life is a peach. It's an integrated whole. God is as interested in how you spend the rest of your week as he is and how you spend your Sunday morning. He wants you to be a disciple of his all week, not just on Sundays. That sounds obvious, doesn't it? (laughs) But think of the people you meet in church. You probably know what their role in church is. But do you have any idea how they spend the other 95% of their week and how their faith impacts their life outside of when they're at church? I'm going to invite Mark now up. Um, You probably know Mark as a fab home group leader and one of our sound guys. Um, But uh, he is going to tell us a bit more about what he does the rest of the week. Thank you, Mark. I forgot to... Yeah, I'm on. Is that okay? I'm Thank on. you. Yeah. Okay, Mark. Can you tell us then what will you be doing this time tomorrow? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going to be travelling up tonight to uh, Edinburgh, and then tomorrow I'll be at our cement plant in Dunbar, and I'm providing some training for our new safety management system, Safety Online, to a number of set groups through the day at the cement plant. So you are. A management consultant for... I am. I'm, I'm the safety and health manager for Cement and Lime in Lafarge Tarmac, and my job requires me to travel around a lot of the UK um, to a lot of different plants that we have, and Northern Ireland as well, in Cookstown. Mm. So can you tell us then one thing you like about your role and one thing that's a bit of a challenge? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about my safety and health, and uh, I really enjoy the opportunities to encourage people to be safer, um, and particularly to look out for each other, um, you know, to, to challenge each other if we're not doing it right, and to, to support those when they are doing it right. And, and tomorrow will give me that opportunity as well. Uh, through the training, I'll be able to reinforce that message to people. What's a challenge? A challenge for me is to make sure that everybody's involved. Um, and I think at times it can be very challenging when we have serious injuries. And we've actually just had two Uh, where two individuals have been, one is an apprentice, an 18-year-old, and he's had a very serious injury. And that's always hard for the people uh, that work for that individual. Um, And I went to visit on the day that it happened uh, on on the one, and um, the workforce were clearly affected by what had happened. And it wasn't, so that injury didn't just affect the young lad, it affected the family, and it affected the, uh, the people in the workplace. And my challenge then is to be very much to get alongside people, uh, and, and to be to listen and to be there for them. Okay. And so, where do you see God in this, Mark? I think you probably just told us that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I do see God in, in everything that I do, and I, and, and I you know, like all of us, I do sometimes forget that He's there, and I have to remind myself and kick myself that He is with me. Um, but I, I've had I have had many opportunities when sharing a car journey with a, a fellow colleague, a train journey uh, over lunch. And I do have opportunities where I've been able to share my faith. Um, But above all, for me, um, it's about trying um, to reflect uh, Jesus' love in the workplace and to try and be an encouraging person, a supporting person, a loving person, and to get alongside people that need help. Uh, And I try and do that as much as I can to be there for people. 
how can we pray for you? Well, just really to make sure that I don't forget that and that uh, I, I am open to those opportunities when mm. the Lord uh, does push me to actually have a, a more deeper conversation. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just, just to just pray that I can continue and be encouraged um, to live my life for the Lord in my workplace. And that would be great. Thank you. Okay, can we do that now? Yeah, great. Father, thank you for Mark. Thank you for his love for you. And I thank you, Lord, for his role that puts him in touch with so many people. And this week, Father, we want to pray for healing where those injuries have taken place and for comfort for those in the workplace who are feeling insecure on the back of that. I pray for safety and travel this week and I pray, Father, that Mark would have opportunities to continue to share your love with the people he comes into contact with so that the name of Jesus will be lifted high to his name and his glory. Amen. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. We've got a friend who works for the police headquarters in a European country and he works in the repeated crime unit and we went to visit him at work and he told us about a burglar who during their visit to a victim's home, shall we call it, um, habitually went to the fridge and took a carton of milk out, drank from it and left it on the table. The police now have a full DNA profile linking this man or this woman to a very large number of crimes. (laughs) Not very bright, is it? But (laughs) the point is this. The pioneer of forensic science, Dr. Edmund Lockhart, um, he worked on this principle that every contact leaves a trace. In any situation, we all leave forensic traces of ourselves, be it fingerprints, footprints, traces of fibres, whatever. And Lockhart said that these traces, even without consciousness, will serve as a silent witness. In the same way, every contact people have with us as followers of Jesus will leave a trace. I think what Mark's story shows us is one of the wonderful things about being a a disciple is that God takes our personalities, our situations, and he uses them for his glory. And because he loves people, he will already have used you on your front line, even if you've not been fully aware of it. And of course, he'll continue to do so. I wonder if many of us as Christians are unaware of the potential that we have to serve God where he has placed us. We go to work, we do a good job, we might even dash home at the end of the day to go to something at church so we can convince ourselves we've done something for God that day, forgetting that we've already served him and that what we've been doing all day was to his glory. Every contact leaves a trace. Which brings me briefly to our third point. Um, Jesus says this, I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see what this passage does? It wraps up God's command to us with assurances of his authority at the beginning and of his constant presence at the other end. The promise is buffeted, the, the, the command to us is buffeted at both ends with the promises of God. Because he never calls us without equipping us. And one of the most effective means that, of equipping us that God gives is that he gives us one another. It's important that people realise there are lots of ways that God will work through us. 
But for that to happen, we need one another's support and encouragement. So we'd like to invite you to make Home Group a priority this Lent as we go through this course over the next six weeks. If you aren't in a home group but you'd like to do the course, please do sign up at the back. There are some courses there all on the list and you can put your name next to one. Um, we'd also like to support you by getting to know your front lines a bit. We're going to be running wherever possible um, this time tomorrow talks like we've just done with Mark to find out a bit more about each other. But the clergy and possibly other staff are going to put aside some time this Lent and beyond if necessary, um, to come and visit people on their front lines. It might be a workplace, it might be at home, it might be somewhere else entirely unexpected. We'd like to learn a bit about what it's like for you to be a disciple of Jesus outside of church. There's a list on the back table. We'd like to invite you to sign up to that today and we'll give you a ring to arrange it if that's something that you would value. Um, please do sign up, especially if you work in a coffee shop or or a shoe shop, I'm not fussy. <laughs> um, yeah, but please do take that opportunity because we would love to know what it is like for you to be a disciple of Jesus and for the particular challenges that you face and the encouragements that God sends your way. Okay, I must conclude, life is a peach, it's not an orange. The places where God has put you are the places he intends to use you because every contact leaves a trace. We'll end with a prayer. I'd like you now to picture your front line, the place where you spend most of your week, the place where you meet people who don't know Jesus, the place God has called you to, and that place of possibility and potential. Heavenly Father, I thank you that looking around this room, you are busy in so many places. I pray, Father, that this week, you would be glorified on these front lines, that you would equip, encourage, um, and use us all. Thank you, Father. Amen.